Well, there's nothing better than being in the house of the Lord with you guys, you family, brothers and sisters in Christ. I mean, it's just, a, a, you know, when you stand behind the pulpit, you know what? You better come up here with grace, humility, and totally desperate for the Holy Spirit to work. Because what did we come down here this morning for? Fellowship is nice. Getting together is nice once a week down here. But we want to hear from the Holy Spirit. We want to hear from God and what He want to say and speak to us about this morning. You know, so come with an open heart. As I look out, I see your faces and you see my face. And we as, as humans, as people, we look and judge on the outside. You know, but God searches the heart. It's all through Scripture. Our heart, the condition of the heart. Where are we today in our walk with the Lord? And He's in every detail of our life. You know, we sang that song before the last, you know, and it really struck me. And you can just think of yourself in your own life and in your own walk with the Lord before you didn't know him. You know, you get that new car, you get that new friend, you get this thing and the excitement's there. You know, it's there. But guess what happens to that? It fades away. It fades away. It's all temporal. It's a band-aid that gets put on. Well, that's not the message today. But, but, yeah, but, you know, it was just something as we're worshiping and praising God together with an honest heart, open heart before Him. You know, He puts thoughts in your mind. He puts things in our minds to, you know, to share with others and to teach us as well. So this morning, what we're going to talk about, as Tim is not here, I'm not Tim, but uh, what we're going to talk about since Tim, we've been talking about praying uh, a lot lately, you know, and prayer, it's the most important thing that I'm finding in my own personal walk with the Lord. But what goes with prayer that a lot of people don't really like to talk about is fasting. And as we look in a lot of passages in the Old Testament and some in the New Testament, you know, in the Old Testament, it was commanded. It was a commandment that they would fast. Now you fast forward that to the New Testament, it's not a commandment to fast. It's by grace that we, we are saved. You know, it's kind of like if you put a line across on a piece of paper, you put a line straight across, and you put a, 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 a one little circle, half circle like this, and you put law, and then right next to that you put the cross, and then you put another little circle, and you put the church, and right in there you say grace. You don't have to fast to be saved, but a lot of people fast, of course, for different reasons, right? So 
today, as we start out here and we're talking about fasting, I got to put my glasses on because like this is just all blurry to me. So, you know, the culture today, you know, it doesn't think about fasting. That, that is far from it, you know, as you have McDonald's and you got the Taco Bells and you've got all this food that's just constantly surrounding us in, in our life. Who, who's thinking about fasting? Who's thinking about doing that type of thing when we're in, in this type of society where we're constantly bombarded by food? It's all around us. I hardly, I hardly think about fasting at, at any point in time just because of that fact. So we're constantly bombarded by food and those things. So in today's society, fasting is like no. So a lot of people do it for health reasons. A lot of people do it for spiritual reasons. But we're going to look today at a few uh, verses here in the Old Testament. And we're going to start out by going all the way back to Leviticus. Because we want to look at what I want to, what I want to try to, to say today and wherever the Lord is going to uh, speak to you and speak to me because I need to be spoken to just like you and I've come in here just because I'm here. I want to get spoken by the Lord today, right now, about what he wants to talk about, about fasting. Because there's benefits, which we're going to get into that as well. So the first uh, passage we want to go to in the Old Testament is uh, Leviticus chapter 16 and verse 29. This is what the Jewish people, and, and, they, and Moses put this into place here in verse 29. And I'm going to give you some other verses for you to write down that you can go back through. I'll give you a minute to go in there. Leviticus 16, verse 29. We'll start there. We'll go down to 31. So fasting is, it's got to be pretty darn important because God's talked about it, and it comes up like around 70 times in the Bible. So there's, there's something there about fasting, wouldn't you say? There's something there that we need to pay attention to when we, even in the Old Testament, we're not under the law. This was for the Jewish people. This was the Jewish people that were back, you know, at this time. And then this commandment that was given. So if we're there, Leviticus 16, verse uh, 29, it says, This shall be a statue for every, forever for you. In the seventh month, on the tenth day of the month, you shall afflict your souls. And that word there, afflict the souls, is fasting. And do not work at all, whether a native of your own country or a stranger who dwells among you. For on that day, the priest shall make atonement for you to cleanse you, that you may be clean from all your sins before the Lord. It is a Sabbath of solemn rest for you, and you shall afflict your souls. It is... It is a statue forever. So, you know, they, they use a different word there, but it's the same word as we use as we get into the Old Testament. It's fasting, afflicting the soul. 
doing those things, you know, and God put this in the Old Testament for a commandment to the Jewish people. It's not today. It's not a commandment today. We're living under grace. Remember that. But we need to go back and kind of to see what was going on with the whole thing of fasting and all that. So here's the Lord. He puts it into place. There's a number. There's another place in Numbers, the next book over. I, we don't have a lot of time to go, you know, into all these passages and, and, and everything to show you. But if, if you want to just write down, if you're taking any notes, uh, another passage, go to Numbers 29, verse 7. You'll find a, a, a there again about the commandment that God has given about fasting or afflicting the soul. So that was the day of atonement that they would declare this fast for the Jewish people. We're going to look at something else as we go through the Old Testament. There's no set date or set times that these, the people took to fasting. So as we go to the first one, let's look at Daniel 6, verse 18. This was a night fast. We're going to look at go to two verses, but I'm going to give you some other verses. So if you want to go home later or during the week, you can look up. But let's go to Daniel 6, verse 18. It's in the Old Testament. Just take your time. Daniel 6. Verse 18. Now the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. And no musicians were brought before him. Also his fleet went from him. So here's this king going up in the night fasting in the evening you go if you want to write down this other passage because we don't have a lot of time to go through it go to esther chapter 4 verse 15 she fasted for three days for three days go to first samuel 31 verse 13 fasted for seven days and if we go to acts 27 verse 33 they fasted for 14 days and then we know about our lord and savior which i want to turn to that passage is matthew 4 verse 2 if you want to turn there in your bibles matthew 4 verse 2 There's something about fasting that moves the Holy Spirit in a way, you know, in a way in your life that just really, really, really 
His presence there in your dependence on Him as you've abstained from food and drink from whatever time you decided to fast for the Lord. So here's Jesus, and we had fasted 40 days and 40 nights. Now I'm not telling you to go out and fast for 40 days and 40 nights. You know, I'm not saying that at all. You know, you have to, you have, to be, have things in order and in place if you're going to do some kind of fasting like that. I'm not saying that at all. But our Lord, before He was getting prepared, right? He was getting prepared for His ministry. And His ministry, when He came, was for the Jews, as you go and study the book of Acts. But here He is, fasting. Before He was even getting out into ministry. And how important that our Lord and Savior seen how important that is. So you, I, I would ask myself, well, why? why? Why should we fast? How about contrition? And contrition means remorse for your sin, for my sin. Let's go turn to Nehemiah. We're in the book with uh, Pastor Tim. Uh, let's go to Nehemiah chapter 9, verses 1. Nehemiah, the Israelites at that time, if you remember uh, what Tim has been talking about as we've been going through there, you know, uh, the, Israel was coming back, and there was a lot of sin going on in the camp. So Nehemiah 9, verse 1 and 3. It says, Now on the 24th day of this month, the children of Israel were assembled with fasting and sackcloth and with dust on their heads. So what these people would do, the Jewish people, they would call this uh, fasting, they would put themselves in sackcloth, and they'd sit in a, in a pile of ashes and over their sin, and, and they're just throwing this ashes over them. Just throwing these ashes over them and remorse over their sin. Have I ever gotten to that point? Have I ever said something? Have you ever said something? Have you ever did something and you felt remorse about it and brokenhearted about it? That it drives you down? And the fasting and giving up of yourself? To God? Are we broken over our sin today? It's everywhere. There's nothing good that comes from here. Why can't I give up food? Why can't I give up drink? I asked myself. When the Lord laid it all out for me. So remorse for our sin. God hates sin, but he loves the sinner. So that's the first thing that fasting is good for. 
Another one you can write down is Daniel chapter 9, verses 3 through 5. He talks about that. How about trials and tribulations? Anybody in here go through trials and tribulations? Well, we're going to look at a pa some passages that when these people are going through trials and tribulations, what'd they do? Well, let's look. Let's go to Esther, chapter 4, verses 3. Esther 4, verse 3. I know we're jumping around a little bit in the Bible, but, you know, we got to get familiar with it. We have to get in it together and turn in the pages and things together. I don't know how your, 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 your prayer life is, your reading life, your life, your relationship with the Lord. I don't know any of that at all. But I think it's really neat that, that believers can go through and we're listening to the pages turning uh, and, and everything together. It's really, really neat. All right, let me get to Esther. Verse 3, Esther 4, 3. Surely you have instructed many, and you have strengthened weak hands. Your words have upheld him who was stumbling, and you have strengthened the feeble knees. But now it comes upon you, and you are weary. Maybe that isn't where I wanted to go. What was it? I'm in Job. <laughs> I got to back up. Sorry about that, people. 4-3. And in every providence where the king's commandment and decree arrived, there was great mourning among the Jews, with fasting, weeping, and wailing, and many lay in sackcloth and ashes. There, there, were, there was things that were going on in the Jewish, at that time, trials and tribulations with the Jewish people. And they found it to be important to praying and fasting before the Lord. Something about fasting moves the Holy Spirit. You know, we can't pattern God, but it, fasting he put in here for our benefit. Let's go to 2 Samuel. Go to just two verses on each one. Let's go to 2 Samuel Verse 1, or chapter 1, verse 12. 2 Samuel. Back it up a little bit here. 2 Samuel 1, verse 12. And it reads... And they mourned and wept and fasted until evening for Saul and Jonathan, his son, for the people of the Lord and for the house of Israel, because they had fallen by the sword. 
So here it is again. Trials and tribulations. What did they do? They called a fast in praying. The next one, we won't turn to it, but it's in Nehemiah 1, verse 4. If you remember when Tim started the book of Nehemiah, that what they do? Fasted and prayed once again. The third thing, how about seeking God for answers? Why, why would we fast? Why do we want to fast? You know, how many times are we praying for, for, for people? praying for situations, praying for, Lord, uh, I, I want to I be a blessing in this community. I want to get out and love the na- my neighbor as myself. Uh, I don't know exactly the way that looks, Lord. I don't know what's going on. Uh, you know, looking to God and fasting and praying when, when that answer is just not coming, that answer is just not there. Let's turn to Ezra. Chapter 8. Ezra chapter 8. I wish I had more time to go in in deeper detail of each one, but as the time is short, maybe normal, uh, maybe through the next Bible study on Wednesday or on Thursday, we'll hit it. I don't know whatever the Lord is laying on Norm's heart. (laughs) <laughs> hey, I like that, Stephen. Thank you for that. That was encouragement. Uh, Ezra chapter 8, uh, verses start, we'll start in uh, 21. Take your time. Take your time. Start in verse 21. Seeking God for an answer. And Ezra was seeking God for an answer. You can go back and read it, and you will see. Ezra 8, and we'll start in 21. Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river at Hava, that we might humble ourselves before our God to seek from him the right way for us and our little ones and all our possessions. For I was ashamed to request of the king an escort of soldiers and horsemen to help us against the enemy on the road, because we had spoken to the king, saying, The hand of our God is upon all those for good who seek him, but his power and his wrath are against all those who forsake him. So we fasted and entreated our God for this, and he answered our prayer. So, so sometimes, you know, fasting goes right along with prayer. Yes, we're praying, and we're praying, and we're praying, and we're praying. But it was just not getting, it just seems like it's just not getting anywhere. How about throwing fasting in there? Giving it, giving, giving something up. And food, and how important food is. We need food to survive. But totally giving that up for the Lord. And whenever, how many days? Six hours, a day, two hours. It's whatever the Lord puts on your heart. Not anything of what I say or anybody says. Because it's a personal relationship with God. And God didn't call me and my wife together. God calls you individually 
So maybe I, God's pressing upon my heart to fast. But my wife is not. But the Lord's speaking to me in my own personal walk with him, in my own relationship with him. So seeking God for an answer. Another one is, how about, let me just turn to this one. It's the New Testament. Acts 13. Let's go to the New Testament. Yes, and they were fasting in the New Testament because we've seen our Lord and Savior. Uh, Acts 13. Norm, I hope you go through the book of Acts. <laughs> so that will feed in over there. Um, Acts 13, this one. Now in the church that was in Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Mania, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, they were fasting and praying, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. See, see the fasting and the praying and, and how that intertwines with each other? Another one you could write down, which we won't turn to, is 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 16, that you can look at. And the fourth thing that we're going to look at, we're going to look at how about demonic spirits. Let's go to the story in, in, the, in the book of Matthew, chapter 17. I don't know if you remember. Remember we went through or, or halfway through the book of Matthew or almost with uh, the pastor. I don't know if you remember that. Let's go to Matthew 17, verse 21. I really like this story. This is about a demon. You know, Jesus sent his, his apostles out, and there was a demon that, that they, couldn't, they couldn't cast him out. They couldn't cast the demon out. And so here it says, then Jesus answered, and wait a minute, it says, Let's start in verse, so I brought him to your disciples. Okay, start in verse 16. Matthew 17, 16. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, Oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him. And the child was cured from that every hour. Let's move down to verse 19. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief, for surely I say to you, if you had have faith as a mustard seed, 
you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. And nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except prayer and fasting. There's certain fasting moves God in, in, in some way. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand it. But fasting does something. And it's not, I'm not talking no, about a work or any of that. But fasting does something. Uh, you can mark down, it's Mark 9, verse 29. We don't have time to go there. Or you can mark that down to maybe go back and look. How about guidance, number five? How about guidance? Let's turn to Acts chapter 14. How many times in your life do you, that you've been searching for guidance in your life? What to do? I know I was talking to one, uh, a lady. Uh, well, I, I, was, I was overheard her down there in the foray there. And she, about moving and how she was uh, uh, procrastinating, I heard her say. And, and you know, and, and all this stuff. So that, that's kind of like guidance. So let's look at Acts 14, verse 23. Acts 14, 23. So when they had appointed elders in every church and prayed with fasting, they commanded them to the Lord, commended them to the Lord in whom they had believed. And you can write this one down because we don't have we don't have time to go there. Acts nine, verse nine. I know I need guidance in my life, and sometimes we have to fast and not just to pray. How about a spiritual awakening? Have you ever backslided? I don't know. Everybody's heard that that uh, term many many times backsliding, living over one foot in the world, one foot over here. Let's turn to Joel. Let's go back to the Old Testament. Joel chapter 2. I know Tim said, oh, yeah, he went through. The last time that the Lord opened the door and, I, and we were sharing, we were talking about the two roads, kind of going on a little bunny trail, but... The two roads, you know, we have Revelations, you used to tell me, Revelations to always, uh, uh, or Exodus, or Genesis, always Revelations. I said, like, oh, really? <laughs> so I guess that's a little bit too much. A little bit too much of a Bible for a Sunday, but. Okay, Joel, chapter 2, verse 12. Can you read that? Are you going to do it? Who has that open? Joel 2, verse 12. Yes. 
Yes. Because of what was going on at the time of Israel, you know, they were totally backslide. They were totally out over, over on this, this other side. And, and, but Joab had an important call on a fast and, and praying in this time. The last thing that, that we want to talk about, number seven, that we want to go to the Lord in prayer, temptation. Anybody in here has experienced temptation? Oh, I can, I can, I can, I can, I can name them off, left and right for me. I'm guilty. I'm guilty. But I'm kind of going to talk about more a little bit here on much time. I talk about more about married couples, just because of what I've been through and experienced in my own life. The temptations of that of those things and being married and all those things that go along with it. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. New Testament. Chapter 7. Verse 1. We're going to start in verse 1. Are we all, are we there? Okay. Now concerning the things of which you wrote to me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Nevertheless, because of sexual immorality, let each man have his own wife and let each woman have her own husband. Let the husband render to his wife the affection due to her, and likewise also the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. And likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Do not deprive one another except with consent for a time that you may give yourself to fasting and praying and come together Again, so that coming together, I'm going to stop right there. Coming together is coming together in relationship with your wife, husband and wife thing. And he goes on, he says, again, so that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. But I say this as a concession and not as a commandment. I've known so many people, even including myself, that you go off, being a Christian many, many years ago, going off for two weeks, going off for a week for my wife, and there was no fasting coming together and consent and saying, you know what, I'm going to fast, and, and, and he's going to fast. Because of the temptation, if we keep on reading, which is there. It's all around us. I experienced it many times. We're away from our spouses. And guess what happens? There's no fasting. God isn't in the middle of it. He's not even there. He, he's not on our minds. He's or whatever. But the world, and not just the world, 
but our flesh and our wickedness. The temptations have ruined families. Temptation has, has just caused havoc in the families. I'm just talking to the families and marriages. They say that the church is supposed to look different from the world. But I don't see that in, in my life, in a lot of the churches that I've been to. So the temptation is there for a married couple. If you're not going to take that serious, guess what? There's, there's, a, there's an enemy out there that wants to destroy your marriage and wants to destroy everything about you in there. So it's good. I wouldn't take off in this today. I wouldn't leave my wife and be gone for two weeks. She's coming with me or I'm not going. But if there's that separation of long periods of time, get together and say, let's fast. Let's fast at a certain day and a certain time each day so we're not tempted and we're not easily persuaded in that thing. So the last thing, and I'm done. I finished right on time. Thank you, Lord. Uh, we're going to look at the, there's a, there, there's a right way and a wrong way of doing everything, right? Or it's my way. You heard that saying before too. So, you know, we need to pay, pay close attention. I know for myself, when you're doing things like fasting, giving, doing, and all these things, let's turn to Matthew chapter six and we'll finish it up here on the conclusion. There's a right way and a wrong way. The Lord's so good. He just gets the whole manuals right here. It's just like, oh. <laughs> we're going to go verse, we're going to start in verse 16. Six, Matthew 6, 16. Okay, here we go. So there's the right way and the wrong way. If you want to take this endeavor to fast. Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Oh, assuredly I say to you, they have their reward. So, We'll stop there for a quick second. So if you want to say, I called my wife, I go to my wife and she says, uh, uh, she goes, oh, here, he had some food, had some of this, that. No, I'm fasting. I'm fasting. I don't need, I'm fasting. You got your reward. That's what you wanted to be seen by men and people. And it's, a, it's the same thing with your deeds. It's something that you want to do for the Lord. You know, oh, I'm doing, oh, I, I'm over here doing now, mowing the grass. No, oh, man, I'm nailing the thing. Oh, I did all this great thing. You just got your reward. Let's, let's continue. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, talking to us, we're saved. But when you, when you fast, anoint your head 
Wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in the secret place will reward you openly. It's almost the exact same thing to prayer. The exact same thing. Sitting up there thinking you're going to be heard by all the great words. No, I said all these big words and, and all these things in my prayer. No. He says, get in your closet. Do it in secret. I want to do it in secret. I want to get. I want. I want the Lord's blessing <laughs> for me personally. So that's pretty much it uh, on on fasting. I wish I could have went a little bit more um, into it, but I uh, I pray that that the Holy Spirit would work on on that on His Word and and let it just kind of fester in there, you know. I don't know about you, but, you know, I just don't, my ears just don't get shut off when I'm done with church. I'm going, and, and the church is like back here. No, it, it, it festers inside of me. And, 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 I, and I'm, I'm sure for you as well, it's there. It's alive. It's changing. It's doing something. That's why we read it. This is what changed us. This is what took us off the, the big road and put us on the, on the little road. So when you fast, do it, do it, do it for the, 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 the right reason. Because we all need to do it, me included. There's, there's just nobody that, that doesn't need to do it. Um, so if you need prayer today, I don't, I, you know, I don't know where um, people are at in their walk with the Lord. Um, because I don't, I don't see your heart. I just look at the outside of, 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 of you. And I know the Bible says there's tares with the wheat. Um, you know, I, I don't know. They said you'll know them by their fruit. Um, so if you need prayer today, I always need prayer. I was helping this lady out, and uh, it, 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 she comes over and goes, I'm done. Can I pray for you? I said, oh, yeah, I'll take all the prayers. Because I need prayer. You know, whatever, whatever sin that's, that's in your life that God's dealing with right now. He who says that there's no sin calls God a liar. God, there's sin in my heart that God's working in, just like you and me, if we're going to be honest. And I like being honest and just open and up front with the people because God sees it all. So I hope that, that message encouraged you uh, this morning. We'll just close in prayer and, uh, and you guys can you know, have the rest of your day or whatever you guys want to plan the rest of your day. Lord, we thank you.